You're listening to the tale of two podcasters from the 2007 Rabbit TGO Challenge, brought to you by theoutdoorsstation.co.uk. This podcast is just one of a special series produced from a wealth of recordings made in May 2007 by two backpackers, Andy Howell and me, Bob Cartwright, as we made our way via two different routes from the west to the east coast of Scotland as part of the 2007 RAB TGO Challenge. Here at RAB, we're pleased to be involved in the TGO Challenge, which is the perfect testing ground for our clothing and sleeping bags. RAB has a Scottish heritage and over 25 years experience of making gear that performs in the varied weather of the Highlands as well as gear for the highest peaks in the Himalaya. Co-sponsors TGO, the great outdoors magazine, have been behind this May event since its inception in 1980. The framework and principle is totally unique. It isn't a race or a competition of any kind. The objective is to foster good fellowship amongst walkers within the framework of a challenging 200-mile expedition. The start consists of a series of sign-out locations on the west coast, from Torridon in the north down to Ardrashaig in the south. Each challenger, solo, couple or group makes their way via a high route, a low route or a mixture of the two across Scotland to finish anywhere between Arbroath and Fraserborough on the east coast. There's a set two-week window to do this in and each participant submits their route for inspection prior to departure for safety and advice reasons. The places, however, are limited to 300, and details about the event, entry forms, past stories, and photographs can be found in the October issue of TGO magazine and on their website. Each participant makes the challenge as easy or as hard as they wish. The extremes can be a remote high route, crossing wild country and not seeing another soul for days on end. Or a route which takes in the many social events, perhaps not camping at all and just using established accommodation all the way. Most people do a mixture of the two in different forms. This year I started with my wife Rose in the beautiful village of Plockton and Andy Howell with his partner Kate started from Strathcarran. We both carried recorders with us to capture our audio diaries and conversations which took place with other walkers as well as locals as we made our way to the East Coast. Yes, this is the tale and adventures of two podcasters. Wednesday morning and we're at Glen Truim campsite, another fine campsite um, just down the road from the Monolith Arms in Lagan and we've broken to another glorious sunny day although I gather that um, rainy's forecast for later um, quite a gentle day yesterday um, 12 miles of gentle ambling from Garford Bridge through to Lagan a couple of hours and good lunch at the pub, a visit to Lagan stores to um, stock up on some fresh food, and then a couple of hours wander down a lovely little gentle 
little country lane to this um, beautiful campsite. Kate, did you enjoy yesterday? Uh, yeah, it was uh, really nice having lunch with uh, lots of other people at the Mondia Farms. And um, I think uh, as we listen to the various challenge stories and um, bits of challenge folklore, as it were, I sort of began to realise a bit more about the social side of the whole experience. Um, up until now, I've been very focused just on getting through each day and, you know, having to do these, you know, these quite long, difficult days. But yesterday... We had a bit more time and it was um, easier to be a bit more sociable and to interact with people a bit more and that was enjoyable. And how's the knee? Um, the knee is not, I mean, not bad but not great. I um, bought some uh, support bandage at the Lagan stores yesterday and I'm going to strap it up today. Um, it's not, I mean, it's going to be all right, but I'm glad that we've decided to change our route. I wouldn't really want to do another um, pass like the Coriaric knee-knackering pass that uh, that we did the day before yesterday. And um, although we're having to change the route, I mean, this is one of the things about long um, cross-country routes like the challenge. You have to have the ability to be flexible or to, to improvise to some extent. Um, we heard already of a couple of people who've dropped out at Melgarve Bothy and um, one including Margaret who was obviously in some severe back pain and she'd struggled heroically over the Coriaric Pass but um, there doesn't seem much point in really putting your body through absolute murder Well the walk is there to be done again and uh, you, you know it's, it's insane to uh, take yourself beyond your limits um, so I think the people who've you know even people who've, who've got this far have done incredibly well and I think that's what needs to be remembered is that you know it is um, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to do so um, people who manage to make it each day is you know is well done um, but I think um, I think I'm fine to go on I just need to be a little bit careful and we just need to be able to have that flexibility and that adaptability so that um uh, you know, so that I don't do myself any permanent damage. Okay, so we'll take a, a slower, lower, more gentle route um, through Glenfeshie. Um, in no way is it an inferior route because it's absolutely beautiful, and um, we should still arrive in Braemar um, in a couple of days' time for our day off, and then see how the knees and maybe if it's uh, doing okay, we can hit Jocks Road um, for the last bit of Highland before we start our descent into Stonehaven. While Andy and Kate were setting off from Lagan to the south of the Monoliths, Rose and I had taken the early morning ferry with a handful of other challengers across a very still and tranquil Loch Ness from Drumna Drocket on the west, with a view to walking across the tops to Aviemore. A couple of other challengers, also on the boat, Martin Banfield and Ian Cottrell, made for good company as we made our way via Iroji into the foothills on another very fine morning. So, it's your first challenge, Martin. Here we are, we just crossed Loch Ness. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great, thank you very much. How's the, how's the trip been for you now? And t tell us where you started and so on. Started at Strathcarran, um, gone reasonably high level, been at four Corbett's and a Munro, 
over to Loch Monar, over to Canick, and through the Balmacan Forest to Drum. All very enjoyable. And has it, has it been fairly sociable, or have you uh, sort of been fairly solitary in your route, do you think? It's very sociable just now, but it's been fairly solitary. I've met three people up to today. Uh, two of those were for five minutes. So I spent h half a day with Alan Kay, which was very pleasant. Apart from that, I've been more or less on my own. And has it uh, been the, uh, a challenge, and uh, has it been sort of what you were expecting it to be as regards uh, a backpacking trip? Yes, but because of the good weather, it's not been as challenging as it would have obviously been if the weather had been inclement. It, some of the days would have been quite tough if the cloud had been down, but as it was, they were relatively easy. I've been ahead of schedule all the time. Well, that's interesting, because that, we've had a few uh, moments where the weather has certainly just been irritating because it's so changeable and um, uh, the range has, has affected everything we've done. We've changed our route thinking that weather was going to be pretty rough. But it sounds like you were, you've been fairly lucky. Yep, I've been very lucky. The, uh, the putting on and off of waterproofs occasionally isn't any great hardship, really. Um, with the cloud level up at anywhere between 800 and 1100 metres, it's been fine. Now, you're, you're travelling on your own. I know you've got uh, uh, one of the single-skin tents there. Have you, found, have you found the camping? Have you found it to be fairly easy to find a spot? And, uh, and the actual camping itself being quite pleasurable. The Phoenix Freerunner is a classic tent which pitches on virtually no area at all. So finding a camping spot is absolutely no problem. It was always the tent that had to go last when uh, a group of us backpack and, and we're all uh, looking for spots in the same area. Unfortunately I was always relegated to last because my tent will go anywhere. <laughs> But have you actually found the quality of the camping spots that you've chosen to be good? They've been, they've been excellent, and uh, I seem to have chosen better than some as far as the tick situation is concerned. I haven't encountered any. Yeah, it sounds like you've been very lucky on that score. Yeah, there's sign of deer everywhere I've been. I've just tried to pitch in places where there's a bit less sign of deer. Now, you do uh, a fair amount of walking uh, in the Pyrenees and so on, I understand. Is this the first time you've done a Traverse of Scotland? Yes, it's the first uh, Traverse of Scotland I've done, although I've done quite a lot of long weekend backpacking trips in Scotland, so I'm quite familiar with... What it what, can offer. Yeah, what it can offer, yeah. yeah. And I think uh, just before you, the challenge started, you were, were you in Ireland, did you say? No, I was on the Isle of Rum. Rum. Um, that, was, that was in the hostel, though. That was uh, just a, a, a longer range trip, which... Uh, included the traverse of the cooling of Rum, which was very nice. So you haven't really sort of uh, left suburbia, as it were, and hit the, hit the trail for the first time. You're actually already warmed up by your, your trip to Rum. Yes, and various other trips as well. Just try and keep out, out and about as best you can, you know, while you've got the energy. So uh, what's, the, uh, what's the finishing route then from here? Uh, over to Aviemore, then across uh, to Balata, through the Cairngorms, um, and then Mount Keane, and that uh, range across to Fugueside and Stonehaven. So uh, I'm quite. I planned the route some time ago. It's quite a surprise every day to get the route cards out and see where I'm going. Very pleasant surprise sometimes, and uh, it seems to be everything that I thought it would be. It's a nice route. Um, just finally, as you've, this is your first time doing this, but obviously you're uh, very experienced in hill walking generally. 
Any advice you'd give to people who are considering doing it for the first time? Well, the, the advice I gave to Darren when I left him at Stirling was just know where you are at all times. I thought that, that was the most important advice to give to him. Um, so just know where you are at all times. And you Mind you, we, ha we haven't heard from him since, have we? We haven't heard from him since, but <laughs> I don't know whether he took my advice or not. But uh, he, still, he must be around because he's not, uh, uh, he's not immediately replying as if he was at home. I'm going up to Dalbeg, uh, you saw uh, the uh, Old Bothy, which I'll camp beside. And uh, when you go to the Bothys generally, do you just use them to cook in and camp outside? Um, well, this is an old ruined Bothy, so you oh. can't stay in it. Um, I tend not to stay in many Bothys, uh, I tend generally to camp. Yeah, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, Bothys are fine, but I still tend to find them a bit cold, a bit damp generally, and. Um, quite a few of them, unfortunately, are vandalised nowadays. Yeah, that, um, that's a real shame, isn't it? You'd, uh, you'd think people have more respect for the for the bodies yeah, generally. I mean, the, the, I've tended to find that the ones that are more remote um, are uh, less vandalised. It's the ones that are easy to get to. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what about your route this year? Where, where have you started from? Because, um, first of all, how many crossings have you actually done there? This is my, it will be my sixth. And have, uh, have you done them consecutively? No, I missed out. I started the first one in 1999, and then my next one was 2003, and every year since then. So is it true that uh, you, like everybody else, have just got hooked on it? Yeah, unfortunately I'm addicted, yep. Uh, and whereabouts, uh, whereabouts have you started this year? I started in Torridon, um, and had a great crossing, done a few hills on the way, it's been really good. Uh, you, I, I think you said uh, at some stage you had some sleet? Uh, I had uh, a couple of snow showers, yes, and uh, one thing that I can only describe as a mini blizzard. Uh, um, snow and in the cloud and high wind, it was um, interesting. Uh, whereabouts have uh, you started from before then, if it's your sixth year? Uh, twice from Shieldbridge, once from Oban, once from Dorney, um, and once from Arasig. And what's, what's Oban like to start from? Because I would have thought that would be fairly hard to get away onto the tracks. Well, when I started, I took a ferry across to Lismore and walked the length of Lismore and then took a ferry to Port Appen and then headed over into Glenetive. I would have thought that would be quite an attractive way to start. It is, it's quite nice. I mean, it's quite a bit of road on the first day, but um, lovely scenery. Do you find that um, the official start, as soon as you've had the official start, you actually want to get off road and get going as soon as possible? Uh, yeah, I don't like road walking. Um, Road, road walking, especially with the full packs, hard on the feet. So uh, I try to avoid it wherever possible. Now, oh, I see you've got a good sized pack there. Are you sort of one of the, the lightweight brigade, one of the new people that uh, want to try and strip the weight down? Or are you happy with what you've had for years? Um, a bit of both. When I replace anything, I always try and replace it with something lighter. Um, I always look and make sure I'm not taking excess stuff. So, for instance, for my top half of my body, I only have three items of clothing. So my Paramo jacket, a uh, Berghaus ecstatic shirt and a Paramo shirt. I find that doesn't mean any weather conditions whatsoever. So, I mean anybody who doesn't want to go lighter is daft. Because obviously the less you carry the better. But I feel that it's not always essential to go for the lightest item. 
so you can get something that might be fractionally heavier that will do the job of two items. Mm. You know, it's the overall weight you have to be looking at, not the weight of individual items. Absolutely. And what about the bottom half then? Um, main thing I walk in is just a pair of Paramo trousers, the waterproofs, which are lined and they've got zips so you can ventilate them. I find them great. So you're not carrying any sort of spare dry, dry set of clothes at all? Okay, well, I can't. Uh, the Paramo shirt I tend to carry unless it's very cold. And uh, I carry a pair of trousers. Um, quite simply because when you camp at the end of the night, I like to get into something dry. Yeah, yeah. And talking about camping, what uh, what's your uh, tent of choice? Uh, I use a Hilleberg Acto, which I've had for about 12 years. And great wee tent. Yeah, yes. It, it certainly seems to be the tent of the challenge, doesn't it? I think there's not much better if you're going high. Um, there are other very good tents for valley camping, which are lighter. But uh, if you're doing tops like I do and doing the odd high camp, um, then I don't think you can beat it really. And uh, your sleeping system, as you get, if you're camping high, you, have you got something that uh, gives you plenty of uh, plenty of insulation? Yeah, I use um, rather than go for um, a very heavyweight sleeping bag. Um, I've gone for one of the downfill sleeping mats which means that I get away with using a far lighter bag. I find overall that saves me a good deal more weight. So is that an X-Bed sleeping mat then? Yeah. And so the sleeping bags are what? Um, it's uh, an ME, uh, it's down to zero degrees uh, rated, which I find is fine. I've had ice inside and outside the tent and still be fine with yeah, it. Yeah. You know. oh, so apart from that then, I suppose it's just the cooking gear, or you keep that to a minimum as well? Uh, well, I still use a petrol stove, which is probably heavier than the latest ones, but something that I'm used to and I really like. Uh, but I'm titanium uh, pans, or rather one titanium pan, and one of the MSR titanium kettles, which I use as a mug. Um, and that's basically it for cooking gear. Uh, titanium spoon and knife, and... Uh, and uh, other essentials like camera equipment and whiskey. Well, as I say, that's, uh, after that you're actually <laughs> on the luxury and practical items like yeah. cameras and so on. Um, yeah, I see you carrying a, an SLR camera. Yeah. Um, obviously you're getting fantastic results from that, so look very much look forward to seeing those in perhaps TGO magazine. Ah, you never know, you never know. See what they say. Well, I wish you safe walking and I'll perhaps bump into you in Montrose if not before. No doubt, we'll bump into each other sometime. Okay, thanks. It's now uh, 8 o'clock on Wednesday evening and we've had a very successful day. Um, we've uh, finally arrived at where we intended to camp uh, in good time. We've got here around 6 o'clock-ish. Um, had the ferry this morning with Gordon uh, across to Inverferrygeg and uh, a bit of a, a road walk for about three miles um, up to Eroji, Eroji. Uh, and then we started to hit the hills and uh, come across uh, the monoliths which have a certain reputation and uh, our experience of them isn't brilliant because it's just hard going but it wasn't too bad actually um, it was a, there was a decent landover track uh, most of the way that we came 
uh, with a, a lunch hut or a hut at the top of it, which actually proved to be... Um, we arrived at just the right time where we were just feeling a bit low and needed a top of food. Uh, and then we came over the top um, and thankfully the weather forecast, which was um, once again, I can't say wrong, but didn't actually get to us. Um, it didn't really rain, so um, it wasn't particularly boggy underfoot and there were peat hags and stuff, but nothing that we couldn't really stride through. Just a few we had to avoid. Uh, before dropping down to the uh, River Findorn and going along to, uh, no, let's see if I can pronounce this right, Coidness Callan, I think, uh, where there's a lovely camping spot and obviously it's the edge of a, or part of a very nice estate because the estate buildings that we passed on the way um, were uh, very well kept and, and looked after so I presume they entertain the hunting, shooting, fishing brigade out here uh, in fine style. Uh, tomorrow we're beetling off fairly early to Aviemore, and uh, where Rose has got to catch a train back on Friday morning, first thing, at 7 o'clock. Um, so today is her last night camping, and so we set the tent up in a lovely spot by the river. Um, Grey cloud, but uh, still not raining, which is the main thing, feeling, feeling fairly pleasant. And we're just sitting here reminiscing the week, really. So how's it been for you? I've really enjoyed it actually it's it's been great I um, miss not doing any really big tops this year so far and obviously going to miss out on the Cairngorms which had snow on them as we came over we could see them in the distance and they looked uh, great um, but, but nice nice walk today uh, in company and um, chatting as we went and got down into the valleys and lapwings are, are around and on the top, there were quite a few grouse, weren't there? Mm. Um, so, yeah. Seems several herds of deer, deer fairly oh, yeah, close up as well. Yeah, quite a lot of deer as well. Yeah, so. Which uh, we seem to have, well, I seem to have been bitten to death by ticks this year. Um, I hope none of which are going to be infectious because some of them came out clean, but there are a handful that didn't come out clean, sadly. Um, and so uh, I hope there's going to be nothing, no nasties there. But that's actually put a bit of a downer on the... Um, on the walking through the heather and things, because uh, obviously all you're doing now is being continually aware that there could be some bugs in there that's somehow getting into the clothing. But um, Rose came to the conclusion that the night that we camped down at... Uh, where was it? Tomic, was it I think it was. Tomic. Near Tomic. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw signs of badgers, and just wondering whether the badgers had ticks, and uh, we picked them up there rather than um, sort of from deer or sheep. Uh, which would tie in, actually, we've got ticks well, all was, over the place. Well, I was going to say, that was the night that we were particularly... We actually saw some in the tent before yeah. they got to us. Yeah, ticks, uh, lots of small bugs running around the tent, which could be ticks, but we're I'm assuming they sure were. i they were. I think so. So tonight we have a quick expect- inspection, and if we're tick-free, then we'll be happy. That would be quite nice. Um, so what's been your des- best day, then? I don't know, really. I mean, every day's had something to... Um, Make it special, apart from as well as our anniversary. Um, so no, I think every day has had something, whether it's been a, a view or a climb or spotting some wildlife or, you know, I think every day. Mm. Oh, the ferry ride this morning was quite nice. That was really nice. And Gordon certainly had some, you know, some interesting facts to tell us about Loch Ness as he went across. Yeah, he's, he's quite a character, isn't he? Um, how many whiskey bottles would it fill? Three trillion. Oh, I thought you'd remember that one. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, any comments on gear? It's probably be your last chance to talk about um, gear, really, from a female perspective, all the stuff that you've had. I, I, I like my new jade pack, the, the Gregory, and I've sort of worn it for the best part of a week. My only slight disappointment, but that's just personal, is that they've apparently did a survey and found that most women said they preferred bottles to platypus, and I tend to use a, you know, a hosier system. Um, and so they've altered the, ba- the b- back po- pocket, which used to be very, last year on the Z pack was very deep, and I could put all my wet weather gear in there just to pull out. Um, because they put, styled it especially for women this year. They've sort of used some of that space out for bottles, um, which I found a bit frustrating. Uh, to, to to describe that a bit more, perhaps the what it is is two water bottle pockets either side of the rucksack uh, on the on the pocket that goes all the way around it. So it sort of impinges um, on the space, cut, doesn't it? Cut the actual size of the pocket down, the big pocket down. Although you can still get stuff in there, you can't get yeah. obviously as much, no. or, or at least not as deep. And, and I can't sort of get my hands in it them easily to, to you know, I sort of could just about stuff a hat in one of them, but, and my glasses in the other, but I'm, <laughs> it's not that brilliant. Yeah. Uh, but that apart from that, to... everything else has been pretty much the same as last year almost, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, everything's sort of performed well. As you'd want it yeah. to. Yeah. As I say, the only frustration I think was with my waterproof trousers, but, and as before, the only piece of gear I haven't used is my shorts, sunglasses, and suntan lotion. Although First, was, I live in hope. <laughs> it was sunny the other day. It was sunny, but not not as sufficient to put shorts on. Uh, the cooking gear's worked out okay as well, interesting, because this is all going tomorrow as well. Yeah. Um, so the um, jet boil is still using, still using a 100 cart, uh, and we've used that every day, not for all meals and drinks, but certainly in companionship with the other one. Um, so I say a, a 100 cart would probably last a week. On the uh, on the challenge, or was that my hot chocolate? Thanks. Um, which is uh, interesting. Um, the um, jet, no, the uh, peak ignition stove, um, reliable as ever, um, has done the job it's beautifully. Been great, hasn't it? Um, and we've gone through half a two fifty, I suppose, in some respects. Two fifty gas stove because we're t- working the two stoves together. Mm. Two um, mugs been good. Titanium mugs. I've all, as always, Spork. the MSR ones have been good. Sporks been good. And I have to say, your folding sport would have fitted better in my pack than my. I kept the the straight one, which is great and lovely. But in fact, where I w- where I've been keeping it, if it had been a folding one, it would have tucked down better. Mm. The um, the um, cozy kit stuff, cozy kit stuff's been good. has been very good indeed, hasn't yeah. it? We're bringing food to the boil, dehydrated food to the boil. Uh, and then whacking the cosy kit straight on it or putting it into the cosy kit uh, and leaving it for 10 or 15 minutes while we've done something else. And that really has um, really well. been very effective. It's as good as simmering the, the food, uh, which has brought it back. Um, food's been good, the dehydrated mm-hmm. food. We split the parcels up this year to make it a bit easier. Um, but we've had, uh, what we've had? We've had cauliflower cheese. We've had uh, pasta. We've had curry. We've had chicken sasseur. Anything else we've dehydrated? We've had brittle. Yes. The fruit brittle. <laughs> and uh, just dried fruit as well we've done and all sorts of bits and bobs, haven't we? Yeah, and we also did... Um, uh, I did... Um, Your magic mix. We did, um, yes, a magic mix. So we had some couscous and then... Cause couscous, because couscous can get, get a bit boring. Um, I dried a whole pile of uh, chilies and, and mushrooms and... Olives. Olives and... 
uh, various bits and bobs. So we've, I've just thrown that in and then popped the pop cosy in. And that's worked well. Um, sleeping bags, you been warm enough? Yeah, no, pretty good. The one night I was a bit cold, but I just pulled my down jacket in till I warmed up again. But we've had ice on the tent. There's been a couple of quite... Yeah, it's been, it has been quite sub-zero. Quite cold notes, nights. Nights, yeah. And the tent's been good as well, the, um, the yeah, lightweight. Yeah, it's worked really well. And we're lying here now staring out of the, uh, the, the, the mountains. Yeah. Uh, there's certainly plenty of space in the, in the vestibule area of the, of the tent for cooking and, um, bags and boots and so on. So, um, we're not without tripping over stuff. So, all in all, that's performed well. So I've just got to take you across the hills tomorrow then to, to Aviemore. Yeah, yeah. The, and then put you on the train. Yeah, just a, a couple of other observations I've made. Sort of at the coast, the, the gorse has been out in, in flower. And, and it was absolutely brilliant egg yolk yellow, wasn't it? All over the place and the broom in some places. That's really nice. And all the fern, all the brackens coming through. And I just love the way it unfolds and it sort of uncurls. It's, it's so delicate. And then once you get in the mountains, you've sort of got all the lichens and, uh, as I say, trying to identify more each year I come. With the uh, Caledonian fern is the one I recognise now, which is sort of skeletal. Very delicate and very pretty. And so the, worth. the um that uh, book, Hostile Habitats, yeah, um, which we've uh, left at home, but is... is um, I think we mentioned that before, didn't did we? Did we? We yeah. bought it at Christmas time. Uh, it's a fantastic book, it really is. It's a, it's a shame it's, there's not a pocket version because there's so much to see and learn as you go through the um, the environment. It would be really worth knowing that. The only other observation I, I mentioned to you was um, pointed out to Bob that there's lots of places that you walk in Scotland, um, you know, semi-rural, um, by in between sort of villages sometimes, that you notice there's raspberry canes planted. And I remember talking to Lorraine McCall last, at the end of last challenge and saying, you know, saying, well, that's unusual. And she was saying, well, actually, all over different bits of Scotland, you'll find that. Um, so I was pointing that out to Bob and saying, come autumn, that must be lovely just to be wandering down some of these lovely quiet lanes and uh, helping yourself to raspberries as well as blackberries, which are, which are there. So obviously being planted at some point and form a natural sort of hedgeway, but... Uh, the fact that it's practical at the same time. Oh, well, move the challenge to autumn so we yes, have fresh yes. fruit. Yeah? Help ourselves. So um, that's about it for, for us tonight. Um, I just sort out and do our domestic duties and clean all the pots and pans um, and enjoy my hot chocolate, which is sitting in front of me. And uh, see Rose uh, across the mountains tomorrow. We'll have a, a few uh, quick pieces tomorrow. I might catch up with somebody if they're in the um, youth hostel because we're going to Aviemore Youth Hostel tomorrow night. And then I'm putting you on the train for yeah, um, Friday morning just to send you back. Go back, back to woman. work. Go back to the office. Go back to the office. And I'm changing everything. I'm changing the cooking system over to the white box stove. And I'm changing the tent over to a tarp tent, a Go Light Hut 2 and a bivy bag. Uh, and I'm hoping I'm not going to get covered in ticks by the time I get back home. Indeed. I'll have the tweezers ready. Oh, you say the nicest things. So that's about it from, from us tonight, and uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow.
that concludes this part of The Tale of Two Podcasters from the 2007 RAB TGO Challenge brought to you by the Outdoorsstation.co.uk. Thank you.